Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! What's up, everybody, and welcome to Average Cheese. I'm Dale Lobel, alongside my co-host and longtime friend Todd Widener, and we are Average Cheese. We offer a unique perspective and entertaining conversation on what we love to talk about more than anything, the 13-time world champion Green Bay Packers. You can talk to us or find us on Twitter at avgcheese, and you can also get a hold of us at email at avgcheese at gmail.com. we got a great show planned for today with a lot to talk about, so sit back, crack a cold one, and join us. Welcome to episode 11 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lowell. This is Todd Widener. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm excited. Today is Thursday. Yes. It's the first day for NFL football. Thank God. Yes, yeah, so we need to get this podcast done so I can watch the game. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I've ever watched a Thursday night game this late in my life. It's going to be 8.20 is kickoff here. Right. Crazy, man. And like, you've been a West Coaster and, a, and an Islander I've been a West for so Coaster long. and an Islander, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, on, on the islands, we used to watch the games at, like, 7 in the, in the morning. 7 in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And when we lived awesome. in California, it was 10 o'clock. It was great because I could watch the Packer game and I have the rest of the whole day. I just knock it out in the morning with a cup of coffee or two, and that was it. Makes it hard to drink alcohol, though, unless it's yeah. like Bloody Marys or mimosas yeah. or something. You know, and night games, I guess, are going to be a little tougher for you because they'll be a yeah. late. Yeah, super late. Especially if it's a West Coast game. Right. It's even, yeah. And it's even worse. Even worse. I'm not, I'm not, it's going to be like 11. Might not be watchable. Whatever. Anyway, so let's get into it. Let's start talking about So we, I thought we did a pretty good job on our 53s. Yeah. Not bad for our first go around. Not bad. There were some surprises. Should I go through them quick? Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Right on. So here's your 53. You got all three quarterbacks right. And so did I. I thought that was kind of a no-brainer. They were going to keep all three of those guys. Rogers, Boyle, and Love. I, I think when we did the uh, preseason, uh, when we did the draft haster, I think we were, was it that? or we, No, we did the lineup or something where we were talking like there was only going to keep two quarterbacks. We thought it was just going to be Rogers and Love. But then I think everyone was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Three. Love's not ready. There's <laughs> no way. And yeah. I wonder if Boyle becomes like the Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. And they end up so, dealing so. him for picks. I think so. Why he not? Probably, he, he has value. Absolutely, he has value. And unfortunately for the Packers and Boyle, this COVID thing and not having preseason games really hurts him. It hurts both of them. Oh, for sure. Running backs. Jones, you have Jones, Jamal Williams. Court. Holy smokes. There I go again. Wait a minute. Fuck that. I, I, I didn't even talk about the quarter jar. Listen, can you hear that? That's nice. You're, all, you're prepared. I am prepared. Wow. 
I will dump at the end of the show. Maybe I'll dump all $9.50 worth of quarters in the jar. I don't want to do that now. A.J. Dillon, you, you nailed the running back room. Jones, Williams, Dillon, Irvin. And they, the Packers do have Irvin on the roster as a running back, not as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I did not get that right. I had Jones, Williams, Dillon, and Dexter Williams. Dexter Williams just signed to the practice squad, um, but he did not make the 53. I kind of feel like probably some of the same issues are still lingering around with him. Or maybe it's just like he, there just wasn't room, right? Uh, I think Irvin coming around makes him yeah. expendable. Yeah, exactly. But I do think, though, that if they keep him on the practice squad, then he may have a, a larger role next year. Mm-hmm. If they, Depending on who they keep and who they don't, Jones and Jamal Williams are in contract years. It's it's all gonna it's all gonna be on the Jones contract. A hundred percent. Who do they sign? Because yeah. if they keep Jones, then I think Williams might actually have a shot. But if they keep Jamal Williams, I think Dexter Williams has to go. Yep, for sure. Too similar. Maybe he's trade bait. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know if he has a ton of value, but yeah, right. right. Little so to the, no experience. Yeah, little. <laughs> right. Like six carries in the preseason. So offensive line, right, it's always tough to see who's doing things because in the one-on-ones, it's, it's one-on-ones most right. of the time where you're getting your action. So you had Bakhtiari, Laglu, Jenkins, Patrick, Runyon, Lindsley, Hanson, Taylor, Turner, Wagner, Stepanek, and Light. Of those guys, Laglu didn't make the roster. Yeah, I was really wrong on that guy. He didn't, even, he didn't make the practice squad either. No. No, he was released. Um, Hansen made the practice squad. Light was cut outright and Stefanik. No, no. I think they're working light out back at uh, guard. I but think I he's thought got- he got cut when the Packers uh, signed Williams and Mack today. Oh. I'm almost positive. He was on the practice squad, and he, him and Demarie Crockett got cut. Oh, I today. didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Stefanik is on the NFI non-football yeah. injury because yeah. he got hurt yeah. in college. I guess yeah. there's a difference between IR and the non-football injury because he wasn't hurt as a right. Packer. So he, he doesn't count that. against either squad. He, yeah, he like, goes on that non-football injury. So It must be great to just be like banged up coming out of college and still get drafted and paid. Yeah. I mean, it's like just rehab. For- Stealing money. <laughs> I mean, jeez. <laughs> Right. There was one other comment I had on, on Hanson. I think that was a bit of a surprise because I think there was a couple of people that were thinking that he was going to be had a shot at the 53. But um, I, I did see something on him about like he needs to work on his strength. That was a knock on him when I was looking at him when he got drafted too. Yeah. Now that he's on practice the practice squad, squad, he'll get the opportunity to do that, to build strength. Just kind of like getting redshirt. Hit the weight room every day. You got a great facility. When Lindsay gets released, you'll – Yep, shot. I had on the offensive line Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Patrick, Runyon, Lindsley, Taylor, Turner, Wagner, and Zach Jackson. Zach Jackson is on the practice squad. The guy that we both missed is that Yash Neiman. Yeah. At yep. tackle. Yeah, big it, dude. Yeah. Like the six eight frame. Yeah, gigantic. Left so tackle gigantic. type body, like hoping yeah. that he'll become something. And, and that size is just, uh, that's crazy. The, we both got the tight end group. That was an easy one. That's yeah. a no-brainer. Moving on to defense. Um, you had the defensive ends. You had Garvin as a defensive <laughs> end because you hate Lowry and Lancaster. <laughs> yes. Lowry, Lancaster, and yes. Kiki. 
And you also have Clark and Adams. You had the entire defensive line nailed. Got them all. What's weird is you didn't hear much. You know, there was a lot of upside with uh, Kiki going into, coming out of last year and then going into the season. And, like, I didn't hear much about him in the camp. Uh-oh. We have a guest. Oh, our first guest. Yeah. So let me admit him into the room first. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, Doug. Hey, how are up? you? Pretty good. I am excited that you're here. Kicking off another show, another episode, man. Fantastic. You're, you're, you are our first, um, aside from my son that we did our first interview with, you are our first kind of like live guest in, in the room. So we're pretty happy to have you. Oh, yeah. this is live? Oh, man. Well, I mean, we'll edit live. it. No, we're not live. <laughs> we're not live live in the sense that like we're going to like, yeah. But uh, We make too many mistakes to do this live, Doug. So we welcome our, not our first guest, but our, maybe our first official guest to the show. <laughs> so Doug Jones is the producer of Crippling Mediocrity, which might be one of the coolest names of a podcast <laughs> that I've seen. That is an awesome. So welcome to the show, Doug. Yeah, Thank you, guys. I'm a pleasure to be here. You are a pleasure to be here, for sure. So we, we kinda, so Doug and I talked on Twitter about maybe just getting on each other's shows, and I thought this would be a perfect opportunity with us basically trading wide receivers. This is the opportunity to do that. <laughs> Both acquisitions happened within 24 hours of each other, if, I, if I'm not wrong here. It was like one day. I think Kumaro happened first, right? I think, so. I, think, I think it was Kumaro, then, like, um, then the next day Foster's like, they pretty much traded and it's like <laughs> right. it, was, it was it was definitely a weird thing and you have to think about the certain impacts where that each team will will each player will have for each teams and sadly for Kumro going to the Bills it is, I'm very excited that he found his opportunity because with the Packers it just seemed like he never really got his chances I think I got his Kumaro only had, uh, I think, only had 18 receptions and like 100 yards and a touchdown. And that was because he was hurt in tw- in 2018. And then 2019, he actually started 14 games, but he only had like 219 yards and a touchdown. So like he just wasn't getting the looks for some reason. Even though Rodgers was praising him, it was just it was kind of unfortunate because like we all thought he was going to be the next Jordy Nelson for the Packers. But then, but now he's with the Bills now, and sadly, I really don't think it was the greatest landing spot for him. I don't think it was, be- not because I don't think he has potential. Not only, of course, you guys know about the Bills wide receivers. They, I think they have now one of the a top five wide receiver core. They have a perfect match. They have Stephon Diggs, who's a fantastic route runner, traded from the Vikings. Oh. They got John Brown, who was their wide receiver one last year, now wide receiver two, sure. deep threat, and Cole Beasley in the slot. And not only do they have those guys, but uh, they actually got two wide receivers in the draft anyway. They got Gabriel Davis from Florida and then Isaiah Hodgins as well, because it was such a stacked wide receiver class. Just, you know, you know, just add to the magic. Yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. And we we know because we didn't draft draft one receiver. So we're we're well aware. (laughs) Trust me, I know that, too, because I was like. Just grab somebody like in the first in the first round, grab T Higgins in the second round. Get Denzel yeah, Mims in the guy. third. Get, yeah. get oh, Brian yeah, Edwards. Get too. get Lynn Bowden from. <laughs> just right. just get up. We just get a piece, and then it's just these guys who won't be starting for at least two to three years. I think the only reasonable starter was going to be Josiah. It's like what what is right. happening? <laughs> what do we? Yeah, I think though the lack of wide receiver in the draft probably started this podcast. So we should probably be thankful for <laughs> right. that. Yeah, just on the. We were so pissed that night. It's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah, every, Doug, every round. Every Doug, round. don't you think, uh, I mean, with Kumaro, I mean, if there's ever like a, a perfect fit, a cultural 
you know, wise for, for Buffalo. I mean, he's played in cold games. Oh, absolutely. Both, both, hey. of, our, both of our fan bases are, we're, we're like cousins, right? We're both <laughs> kind of upstate people. Um, you know, we're, we, we, we play in cold weather and stuff. It's not like he went to like Miami or. or, or oh, no, absolutely. Like that. So th- this is kind of like, you know, your blue collar worker kind of guy that can kind of relate to the fans. He was a fan favorite. You know, people hated seeing this guy go. So I think he's going to be well there, and, and and he's he's a workhorse, man. He got an opportunity last year when when Devonte went down for a couple of games, kind of plugged in, and yeah, maybe the stats didn't like you know pan out for him, but like the guy can play, you know, he he can play, and everybody in, in, from Green Bay is always wishing him. Absolutely, no. To give my background on things, me and my buddy on our podcast, we're both huge Packer fans. We just love the legacy of the team. And like my dad was a huge fan for me. My mom was a huge uh, Bills fan. My dad was a Packers fan. So like, oh, wow. I decided, so I decided I'm both. <laughs> yeah, and at you some didn't point, decide at all. <laughs> at some point in my podcast, I'm going to try and like, uh, you, I'm trying to like create like, hey, like two teams, but that's, but that's another episode for another time. But anyway, I do agree that Kumro is definitely like a blue collar player. Yeah. 100%. And uh, I do believe if given the opportunity, he will be able to play, definitely. But sadly, I don't think that opportunity is going to come, is only barring yeah. to injury. He has so many guys to fight against, and unless some, one of those guys go down or they just suck, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. they just suck, then like he's just not going to be able to find his opportunity. Yeah. So I definitely think it's a good fit, but sadly, he's just going to have to fight a bit more to like prove, like, hey, I'm here. I'm definitely ready here to go. I feel like every single President Rodgers just praised the guy. It he was did. just he and, and actually, the day before he got cut, Rodgers went like, oh, yeah, Kumaro is uh, yep. he's a he's, he, he's, he's going to make the roster. Yeah. He went right, I think he said uh, Devontae Adams, of course, duh. Um, Marquez, I think Equanimous, right. I'm not sure. And then him. Well, yeah. and, and Alan Lazard, but uh, we both, Todd and yeah, I, had Alan Lazard Kumaro, too, yeah. Both of us had uh, Kumaro making the roster because when Devin Funches decided to opt out for COVID, we're like, okay, it's a no brainer, right? You know, he moves up the list and yeah. we'll figure out who number six is. But yeah, that didn't then, happen. And Kumaro, he's a no. big body guy. You know, last yeah. year the room was full of 6'4", 6'5", guys that really couldn't separate. Kumaro, you know, he needed to move on to somewhere where he would, they need that body. And I'm not sure they yeah. need that in Buffalo. But No, yeah. So it's just it, – he just landed there. It's like Buffalo went like, no, let's take a shot on him. Let's just see <laughs> what he got. And then that's right. pretty much the way it is. But honestly, in comparison to everything with Kumaro, I honestly love – the, the landing spot for Foster and yeah. Green Bay. I love it so much. I don't know if you guys know much about him, but I pretty much, I, wa- I watched him in 2018. He was actually a breakout star for Buffalo. I'm not even kidding you. When they signed, I first off liked the undrafted signing because he was out of Alabama and you guys know that they're just like, wow. you know, just a landing place for receivers. So it's like, right. okay. Mm-hmm. He only had career, I think 389 receiving yards, but it's like, hey, the, he, he was fighting with the pack. So it's like, why not give the kid a shot? And honestly, and here's his stats from actually uh, 2018. He had, okay, at 44 targets. 27 receptions, 543 yards, and three touchdowns. And he was the wide receiver, too, for Buffalo in 2018. But to be fair, the Bills' wide receiver room in 2018 was pure garbage. Zay Jones was like, you know who he is. He was was their leading wide receiver, and he was just 
He was cut mid-season. The play that people know that Rob Foster, Robert Foster the most was actually against the Jags in 2018. Well, yeah, Josh Allen against the Jags was just about to get sacked. It was like, a, I think it was like a second and 12. And then like he just, he just barely got it out and then the ball flew. And then Robert Foster caught it for a 73-yard touchdown. It was like okay. this, and it was really sexy because that was there. <laughs> I was there. I, I, I thought he got sacked and then it was just like, oh, I love this. I, I love this kid in the beginning. Let's go. And he had, a, and like he wasn't, just the deep threat for that season like he was he did hook routes he did slant routes he he got open in space and honestly in green bay you you don't really see that to be honest like besides Devonte adams besides right. and alan lazard of course but like all the other guys i feel like they just have problems just getting separation absolutely I actually want to talk about that entire receiver class. First, it was Jamon Moore, fourth right. round. He was—he's not on the roster anymore. No, he's gone. No. And then uh, fifth round was uh, Marquez. Mm-hmm. We know what we got with him. And then Aquinas St. Brown. And yeah. I gotta lie to you, I really liked him in the sixth round. I really yeah. liked like he—he he actually had some really good flashy catches in 2018, and. Uh, and like he proved that he could open in space, he can be that deeper, he can be like that. But then the injury happened, in right. the and apparently he's looked pretty good in camp, like very, very good. So like I do like the ups. Honestly, going to the season, I'm actually very, very promising what it looks for Aquanimus. Since we're like, okay, maybe he'll just come right back in and prove because there's a reason why they're sticking onto these guys. They probably right. like the potential. But, but like then this, has, this is the same thing we hear every year. Yeah, exactly. The, every single year, we exactly. Hear it from, so this is what year three with those guys. That yeah, yeah. Um, so this is the last year that I would like, hear about. The NFL is approved. Like it's not what you've done for me before. It's what you've done for me lately. So it's right. like, why would you not take a chance on one of these receivers? Yeah, I think they're worth you know sticking around. But it's just a. Uh, well, both MVS and St. Brown have to prove something this year. My problem with the wide receiver room is our room was full of undrafted free agents <laughs> and guys drafted in the fourth, fifth, and sixth round. It, you know, when we had a deep receiving core, Jennings you uh, know, and Jordy Nelson, those guys were drafted in the second round. There's a reason that these guys are lasting that long in the draft. It's because they have question marks. It's either about their consistency or their, you know, yep. their work ethic or whatever it is. So I, I like that we try to you know, get lightning in a bottle type thing, but how about we just draft a guy like Denzel Mims? You know, exactly. Jared Reggard, yeah. a guy that we know was going to be able. I wanted, I wanted them to trade up for Justin Jefferson, man. Like you don't understand. <laughs> yep. Jerry Judy was a pipe dream. Hell, even a Henry Ruggs. We just needed speedster. And and honestly, that's kind of where this mirage of like Robert Foster, because for me, because like I he I even though he's undrafted, I feel like. And by the way, what happened with uh, 2019 with him was that uh, he was not only was he hurt, he but then he also had a fight with the signings of Beasley and Brown, so he never had that chance. <laughs> and then the wide receiver room became so loaded so deep, that he yeah. just lost. But, but, but to circle back to circle back to this, if he's healthy, he could maybe be that guy that we want. I truly believe it. He wasn't just a deep threat. He could do the hook routes. He could just get open in space, and that's what they need. We do. They were saying something about Rodgers and his, I don't want to say inability to throw it over the middle, but we didn't have that guy. Right. Other than Adams, no one was going to go across the middle. We don't have guys with quick feet. We got big body guys that need to 
have room on the outside or try to make that, you know, catch on the outside. You know, the Kumaros, the MVSs, Lazard, they're not going across the middle. So if Foster can get across the middle or can do something that's not, you know, on the outside yeah. edge, that's going to be valuable for the Packers. Got to get these, because, like, that's the only knack where, like, we just need to get these speedsters because like, we don't have any guys like that. Right. No just, guys that can, like, get into space and just, like, beat beat anyone. We, they just love these tall wide receivers. Yeah. And, right. and it's um, just, like... Six, four and above. They're, tr- they're trying to love. find, like, these, like, these, like... Off-brand Calvin Johnsons, <laughs> right, right, definitely <laughs> way off-brand. What they're doing. And when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you can have guys that are, you know, that's where the window is small. Yeah, of course, yeah. If we move on to Jordan Love at some point, he's going to need oh, bigger God. windows. Oh God, oh God. I'm sorry. Just, just, <laughs> yeah, get hold the on, I had, a, I had yeah, I'm, I'm getting my, <laughs> my heart palpitations. Start. Sorry, yeah, so. Take it easy, guys. Yeah, his. Yeah. Take, take it easy. I don't know. To be fair, for love, you need to for you need to give him the ability to throw into those windows first, because uh, apparently he's been very rough in camp. Very. very. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we know all about it. We know yes. all about it. We read far too much. So. <laughs> I I watched too much. I saw the one play where like he was like throwing on the run, then it was just so off balance that oh, it just because like the net he he can't couldn't figure out the netting. I know it's only his first year. I think there's a reason why they picked him because. Because like they know that they're gonna have a long time to finally get this man under track. And honestly, if but one thing before we uh, move on here is that like with Jordan Love, what I really loved about that pick, what you notice these days is that like offensive lines just really aren't that athletic, and defensive lines are just absolutely like insane now. Right. Where it doesn't even matter. You need a guy that's mobile. You need a guy that needs to mo- mo- move around to make a play on the run. And right. sadly, with Rodgers and his injuries, he can't do that anymore. But with Jordan Love, you, I saw plays at Utah State he could do that. And look at Deshaun Watson. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at Dak Prescott. They they have the ability to move in the pocket and really really make plays. If they've Matt LaFleur is a quarterback guru. He worked with Matt Ryan. He worked with uh, Jared Goff in his upcoming year. So like if he can work he's gonna have a long time to get this man under shape and if it works out, his ceiling is Patrick Mahomes. His ceiling right. is, Pat, is Deshaun. I know that's saying a lot right now. His floor is. Right. <laughs> Trust me, I know what I'm saying. Like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But like, if he figures that out, the accuracy issues, and with three years under the belt, it could be a genius pick. Then we'd be like, okay, we believe in you. But obviously, yep. there's a lot in the line. We talked a lot about that. We talked ad nauseum about how much development he's going to have to have, right? So we get that. The problem is for Jordan Love is our expectations, right? We went from yeah. Favre to Rodgers to Love. To, to like, love. You better be ready. You better be Hall of Fame quality. <laughs> right. Like that's what we deal with here. You can that's only imagine what – you can only imagine how he's feeling. Okay, so I'm, you know, I'm just some – all right, solid quarterback coming into the here with a lot of upside, and then I now I'm being expected to replace two Hall of Famers. Exactly, everything's good. Everything happens for a reason. I have a long time to do to finally figure this out. I have people who are there for me. Just got hope for the best. Just right. don't be a bust. That's it. Don't, don't <laughs> be a bust. Just get get a yoga mat, Jordan. <laughs> Just pray every single night. That's mm-hmm. it. No, but you have you have four years to pray, buddy. You got mm-hmm. this, and then you're in. Yeah. Ready or not? Should we wrap it up there? No, yeah. I think that I think that's perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Doug. I appreciate you coming on. I had no idea how long this would go. I thought we'd just talk until whenever and see. Nah, how I mean, like I know so much about both teams. Where like I'm pretty much like in the bridge between the Bills media and Packers media. I follow everything. <laughs> I follow like 
Tom Grassi. I do all those sure. guys. Oh yeah, yeah. I, so it's just, I know I pretty much do. It, so I'm like right in the bridge in the middle. So it's it's really awesome that I'll at least be able to protrude myself because like I do f- pretty much if you look at my uh, Twitter book, my Twitter page, I I like retweet Bill stuff and Packer stuff. I feel like what the hell is this guy doing? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I like both teams. What the hell do you want with I, 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 what you said before? They're cousins. I'm just gonna embrace both. I actually gotta go, guys. All okay. Right. Thanks. I'll see you guys. All right. All right. Peace okay. out. We'll talk soon. Thanks, man. Bye. All right. So thanks to Doug for coming on. That was a lot of fun. I didn't I didn't realize how long that would last. Like I thought it'd be like a five minute thing. That's cool that he's like a, a dual uh, dual yeah. fan. So let's get on with it, man. Because we are, we are running out of time here. We've yeah, talked we a are. lot. So let's talk a little bit about our Minnesota preview. I mean, we got the Vikings coming up, noon game. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a huge game, like I said. I mean, to to have a a bigger game than what's at stake here, you know, for the first game of the year to be going against the Vikings. I, obviously, there's no home advantage, Yeah, right? They've, they've suspended their first two home games as well. So I don't think we have to worry about that. It's going to be weird. It is yeah. going to be weird. I think we're going to see that tonight in the, the first first game. The, but they have season. fans. They're going to have fans. Are there. they? Yeah. I didn't what? know that. So, I, oh, man, I'm out of touch with the rest of the league. I was really surprised. I thought that was a league decision. But, no, they're going to have – I can't remember what the capacity is going to be tonight. Well, Chief, the, is it at home in the Chiefs? It's Chief Texans. Is at, it's at Kansas City, yeah. Craziness. Right. I, I want to say they have 16% or maybe 16,000. I don't remember. But it's a small yeah. number. But still, they're having fans, so it's like, well, pff, Packers yeah. should have fans too. They should just change that. First two games, and after that, let's go. Well, let's let's err on the side of caution. You know, like, like, two games is nothing. $30 million dollars for Green Bay, brother. Two yeah. games. I get it. I get it. I don't want them to stop playing, though. This is the 120th meeting between the Packers and the Vikings. Good Lord. Yeah. They've been playing since 1961. I was looking back at the series. My God, the Packers were bad in the 70s. I mean, we know well, this. I mean, in our lifetime, how, how, so what does that equate to? We, we missed. So we were born in 71. So that, right. So we've, we've been around for at least games. 100 of those. Yeah. We've, we've seen most of those games. We've at least been alive. <laughs> I, right, I would, at least alive, yeah. Yeah. I'd say my viewing started in like 78. I can remember games from 78, uh, so. I would agree. I would agree. I, I would think mine would was somewhere around 77-ish. Or I do remember around six years old-ish. Okay. Was, I've repressed all those shitty years. Because, oh, my God. Because they were horrible oh when we were God. really small. Ugh. Yeah. Packers lead that series 62, 54, and three ties. So nice. we'll see if we can go for win number 63. So let's get let's right to the, it. Well, let's see if uh, Zimmer can actually come up shake with hands. That. Yeah, let's we'll see if he can like do a man handshake. No shit, yeah. the fucking be vagina. a fucking man. God. There. there I got goes. my cu- my cuss jar. Put him in. I think I, I just laid enough down. All right, so let's go. So we have five keys for the game for Sunday. Yeah. Why don't you start? Well, I mean, obviously, the, the biggest one that, that everyone's been talking about, that we've been talking about ever since uh, Brian Balaga has been released, is the right side of the O-line. And, I mean, this, this has kind of been a, a you know, back and forth with the camp and seeing who's playing right, who's, who's hurt, who's not. Now you, I mean, the left side of the line is fine. It's the, it's the right side of the line that, that is of, of concern. You know, and now Hunter is out. So maybe you don't have that threat over there, but still, there's we, – we, we definitely don't have that solidified yet. So Wagner was banged up. He's back. Uh, I, I believe they've got him as the number one right now. Um, but if it's me, 
and I'm playing my best players, I am going to play, I'm going to play Lucas Patrick at right guard and I'm going to put Taylor out at tackle. And of course, I'm going to put Mercedes Lewis out there uh, when, out. Yeah, to help out. So those are my selections. A lot of people are, are, are saying that Wagner's fine. He's, he's coming back, but Elton Jenkins is banged up with the knee. Oh, so. I did not know that. So I saw that Elton Jenkins, I saw someone talking about Elgin Jenkins going out there and being the right tackle. Oh, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It was... Um, Billy Turner? Billy Turner. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Turner with the knee. Yeah. I'm not confident he's going to play either. He will not play. I don't know. Maybe they could slide Lucas Patrick over there to the left side. Right. I don't know. I thought but Lane Taylor would play ta- right tackle also. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think that's going to happen. Like at first, I thought, okay, you you like it's Jenkins and Bakhtiari on the left side. Yeah. Lindsley plays center. I thought Lucas Patrick would slide to guard and Taylor would slide out to tap. But I don't believe that. Those are my picks as well. Yeah. That's what I would like to see. But I almost think that Wagner is going to be out there. They're going to give him a shot. We'll see. Well, then, well, then that that means Taylor is right guard over over Patrick. Correct. What my gut says is it's going to be Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Lindsley, Taylor, and Wagner, even though I don't want it to be. I don't either. But I can – LaFleur is being very tight-lipped about it, as he should be, about what – you know, because everybody's kind of hounding him on, on, on this topic. But I can tell you, for me, as a fan, first snap of the game, I am watching that right side – of the line. Same. I mean, that, I'm not watching Aaron Jones. I'm not watching Aaron Rodgers or Devontae or anybody. I'm going to be focused on the right side of the line Same the whole here. time. So Let's move on from that. So I thought it was interesting. So I was looking at the DBs for Minnesota, the defensive yeah. backs, and we had talked about them in, what, episode five about, uh, I think so. about Minnesota and, and the rest of the division. And I thought that Cam Dancer would be starting in week one I kind of thought he would and neither of the two young guys are starting in week one which I think is really kind of surprising both Gladney and Dantzler are not the starting cornerback and we also got Jerry Gray their coach right so he's still their coach (laughs) and they've got two young guys not one of their defensive backs is over the age of 23 so that they need to be exposed I mean that right yeah I think you throw first to open up the run rather than run to open up the pass in this game. Yeah, yeah. and I think Rodgers, you're going to see a lot of Rodgers uh, in the shotgun in this game just for – Because the line is not, not very good. Because we have that issue on the right side of the line. Right. So, and, I mean, take some shots downfield. Why not? You know, LaFleur talked er- very early on before, uh, you know, camp even started about, like, one of the things he wanted to improve on in the season is – to start taking some more chances and taking some shots downfield and like making some plays, opening up some plays. So if there's a game to do that in, yeah, he's going to have, he's going to have a blended approach to this game. But I I think that this would, this would be a game where, yeah, if if you want to see Aaron Rodgers air it out, and, and try to get some openings downfield, this would be it. And it leads into our next topic, which is to contain Dalvin Cook. One, I think if you start fast and you force Minnesota to throw it and take the ball out of Dalvin Cook's hands, I think that's a big thing. True, true. Be- because as you look at the line, the defensive line, and we talked about this over and over again, Tyler Lancaster yeah. and Dean Lowry – 
who are both from Northwestern, right? We didn't talk much about this, but Northwestern is not like this football <laughs> powerhouse. I used to live right on the campus. That's right, you did. Yeah. I visited you on that campus. Mm-hmm. But my point was this, like you have two guys from a, a non-power, they're from a you know Big Ten, the Big Ten Conference, but they're not from a powerhouse football team and they're not that good. They aren't. They just simply aren't. And I mean, you know, if, if I'm Minnesota, I'm running between the tackles. Mm-hmm. You know? Same here. I mean, why not? Until I mean, they stop got, you. That's what San Francisco did in the NFC yeah. Championship game, right? They, they, they did a lot of play action across the middle with the tight end, got everybody, like, freaked out about that, and then they just, like, run between the tackles, and those guys are lost. Well, to be fair, too, Washington did that to us, but they had a horseshit quarterback, and they couldn't do anything else, so eventually the Packers were able to stop them. Right. But the Packers did not stop the run very efficiently. I mean, that goes down to what we've talked about a million times. Can Christian Kirksey be that guy? Is he the reason that, you know, is the linebacker position the oh, reason man. that they couldn't stop the run, or was it because those three guys in the middle, uh, Lancaster, Lowry, and Clark, just got overwhelmed? We'll find well, out. You know, for Petten, right, for Petten, did we get better at middle inside linebacker? Yes, we did. Are there questions around Kirksey? Yes. His health. Did we get better in the other issues on the on the defense? Not really. I mean, if, if you're going to throw Lancaster and Lowry right back out there, I, I don't know that that's an improvement. And I'm, I'm surprised that they're doing that because I didn't hear a whole lot about either of those names coming out of camp. Almost zero, actually. And I mean, you're a defensive lineman. You're not going to get a lot of coverage, right? Fair enough. But I don't know. Still, still, I mean, we don't need to keep talking about this, but it's not like Lowry and Lancaster are second-year guys, right? If they were second-year guys or third-year guys and they'll make a big jump, they're not. They're not making a big jump. There's going to be no improvement. Those are the guys you're going to get. You're going to get the same guys a year older, not a year better. So right. we'll see if they can contain Dalvin Cook or not. Moving on to other, other keys, uh, the Justin Jefferson, who is not starting, by the way. No, he's not. No, he's the three receiver. Right. But, he'll be in the slot package. Right. He'll be in the slot. He'll play tons, right? Adam Thielen yeah. and B.C. Johnson, who I honestly had never heard of Who the before. hell is that guy? His yeah. name is like Ala B.C. Johnson. He had 31 catches last year. He is a, basically a nobody, huh. but he's their two guy. I, I have to believe that by like week three, Justin Jefferson's going to start. He's got there. to. Yeah. But I mean, Je- Jefferson operated in that slot position in yeah. college. So, I mean, that's his kind of like forte. So, I, I don't, you know, if they're – if they're kind of like looking at an outside guy and that other guy, but but well, it, right. the interesting thing is like you know now now it's going to be it's going to be Jefferson on Sullivan, so Possibly. Sullivan's going to get that. So we'll see. It'll be an interesting matchup. I think it's a key matchup because I think that guy's going to come in hungry. I think Sullivan's an up and coming guy. I think they're going to match up, and it's going to be an interesting matchup for those guys. I wonder, you know, they've been talking about Josh Jackson playing on the outside. So I wonder, like, if they play dime or they play nickel, if Jefferson and if King ends up on Jefferson in the slot, if they leave Jackson on the outside, and if Jefferson is in the slot, if King moves to the slot and Jackson plays that outside corner, I wonder if that'll happen. It's probably like a matchup thing. You know, it's like a chess match between defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator. I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure Patton's eyeing that up. As far as like matchups are concerned, but it, right. it'll be interesting. He, he's definitely going to be a weapon. I, I was high on him. I really wanted the Packers to draft him. That's why I'm probably still talking about him. So <laughs> I mean, he was 
getting deep into the, you know, the, into the 20 picks. And, uh, and when Minnesota drafted him, I was like, Fuck. and finally, cause we're getting a little long in, in our episode mm-hmm. here. We know that Kirk cousins is going to throw the ball to the wrong team. It's what he does. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Him and Stafford, right? You can almost count on both those guys to throw the ball to the wrong team. Do you capitalize on that? Do you catch the football? Do our defensive right. backs catch it and take it the other way? Even right. if they don't take it for six, they need to they need to capitalize on turnovers for sure. Yeah, I think for sure you're going to see two turnovers by Cousins in this game. And, the you know, the question is going to become is, does the defense turn that into six? And if they don't, fine. Does the offense turn that into six? Right. So I think those, those are going to be some really vital keys because we know that, you know, from years past and – whatever, but I think that's going to be a, a really big issue. I, I see this game being pretty tight. I don't see it being really high scoring. I see it being pretty low scoring. Um, I'm, I'm seeing like maybe like a 17-10. Really? Yeah. I don't, Interesting. I don't see it, yeah, I don't see a very high scoring game out of this. And I think the difference maker in the scoring is going to be the turnover. Huh. Who, can, who can manage that best, but yeah. So I know we talked about this early. So you say 17-10 Packers? Well, when we did our uh, preseason review, I have them losing this game. Tight. You do. So that's why I'm asking uh, you. Uh, God, I just I, – I, I can't, like, live, like, say the Packers are going to lose anything. So that, that's you, a tough one. I don't know if I want to go back on my words, but, I mean, the, the, it's, it's the Dalvin Cook situation, I think, for me. I, I, so I don't know which way that the 17-10 goes. It's, okay. It's the Delvin Cook situation, I think, for me. Gotcha. So I said in week five, which was not six weeks ago, uh, I said that we would win that game in Minnesota. Correct. So I'm going to stick with that. Now, I don't know if COVID and lack of preseason games is going to result in lower scoring games or higher scoring games. Like that, That's the right. debate I have in my head. Is I, I feel like defenses will be ahead. So I agree that it might be lower scoring. Like that's what I came up with in my head. I think right. that the games are going to be lower scoring. I think it's going to be 21-17. I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game either. I think the defenses are going to take control early, right. which is going to change how you know both teams do things. And I think it's going to be a little bit awkward. It's going to be awkward on offense. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of things that are missing there. So to wrap it up there. Oh, no, let's talk about Perry, Perry Niggerson. So before yeah. we go, let's talk quick about some of the guys that they've you know, picked up in the last couple of days. They picked up Daylon Mack, who is just a big butt. Like, hopefully he'll take over for our buddies, Lowry and Lancaster. But they also got – they picked up a guy who I think is sort of interesting. Maybe you could talk about this guy, Perry Nickerson, a little bit. Yeah, Perry Nickerson came out. Of, he's out of Tulane. Uh, he ran a four three two forty, which is smoking, which was uh, tied for the fastest uh, forty. And I guess it was nineteen. Um, and he, uh, I mean, it, it's funny because like when not funny, but when, when he watched a tape of his forty, because I was like, oh, I want to see this guy's forty, so I like YouTube it and stuff, and like watch him run. I mean, the dude is just freakish fast. And I mean, you know, even Deion Sanders was like, oh, everybody was like, you know, the whole cast was like, damn, you know, like, but he came up kind of like hobbling a little bit. So he like, he like tweaked a hammy 
uh, on that 4-3. Uh, but he ended up um, be being hobbled a little bit, so he couldn't complete the rest of the combine. So what he did was, you know, other teams like worked him out as a pro day. And then I watched the tapes of that. I mean, dude is just freakish around the ball. 16 picks in t at, at Tulane. But I mean, 16 picks. I mean, it, and he was running through these drills uh, on the pro uh, workout where he's just like going through these cone drills and they're like, you know, they're, he, he's going from cone to cone and making pivots and like turning around and they're just like rifling balls at him. And he's just like, whap, 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 whap. I mean, it's crazy to watch. I mean, just a real mm -hmm. kind of like nose for the ball and like crazy hands. And I started thinking to myself, I'm like, how did this guy not be a receiver? You know what I mean? Right. Like, how did he not be a receiver? But yeah, it's a really nice pickup. What's and his role, I'm, do you think, in this team? Well, you know, he came in and, and, and he's on the 53. Right. I mean, they, they think highly enough of him that he, he, he went right in front of uh, all the other guys in the practice squad. He's on the 53. I honestly think if it's me and I, want, I like uh, Tyler Irvin as part of my offensive scheme, and I want to preserve his health. I don't think I'm going to want to like send him back. All granted, he is sure-handed, and he's a, a you know experienced kick returner. But maybe I get this guy out there. You know, maybe this guy with the four-three speed just finds a seam somewhere. If this guy finds a seam and he's got ball skills, we we know he's got ball skills. This guy finds a seam <laughs> that could be a big benefit for us. I don't know. I don't know what they have planned for him, but I, I, would, I would love to see this guy on kick returns or punts. All right. So that's, that'll do it for episode 11. Very yep. excited for this week. Yeah, I can't wait. Are you going to watch the game now? Or like, what time is it? Have, like, yeah. Like an hour? We had about an hour. So thanks to uh, Dwight at DG, DDG Customs and thanks to Andy at ThirdEyeGraphics.net. It is always the end of the show where I thank you guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully people are still listening. Right. That's all I got. Yeah, man. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.